Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning into Health Bees and this is your host Rana, your wellness coach. Today is all about growing up. In short, puberty. Going through puberty as a young girl or a boy is very mind-boggling. This monster invades your body, changes things and make things grow and no one tells you what's going on. But don't you worry. We are all here to help you. And for this, I have my next guest, Khushali, who's the founder of Kara, a startup for women, empowering them with better health. She is basically an engineer who has organized various workshops for girls about sustainable menstruation. She was also a table lead at Toilet Board Coalition for Women. Hi, Khushali. Welcome to the show. Hi, Raina. Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. So, how the day looks like? Oh it's amazing actually like you know I'm enjoying the day a lot because it's a little bit cold and I'm just taking a day off so just enjoying my day with some coffee and reading some good books okay all the good positive morning vibes huh yeah right <laughs> so coming to our topic first of all tell me what is puberty and when should parents talk to their kid about puberty at which age All right so if i you know go all by biological definitions and if i talk all science here then puberty is basically a age where uh, children start developing different kind of physical changes in their body it depends for all the genders like if i talk about a girl they'll start menstruating during their puberty they will start developing their breasts during their puberty uh, the hips start to get a little widened when they start hitting the puberty so these are the changes which we see in girls during puberty in boys they drastically you know grow their height uh, during puberty they start noticing some facial hair some hair on the chest so it's different for the gender in boys the pitch volume also changes right exactly exactly so like adam apple start to develop and the yeah. pitch changes so like there's a lot of body positivity required before and during uh, puberty because as a child it's very difficult to you know embrace all the changes happening in the body and majorly the issue which boys face is their voice actually crack during puberty and mm-hmm. sound of their voice is something they they do not enjoy a lot and even they are bullied a lot because of that so if you ask me when the parents should start talking about puberty i think it should start you know way before puberty hits their children because puberty is something which is you know a process happening with their children and uh, the major important thing for that is first of all the kids to should have the body positivity so if you ask me what kind of talk should look like i think grade first and second is the right time to start talking about body positivity children should actually know that you know the changes are going to happen in their body you should embrace all the changes happening in the body and then when kids come to grade 5 that is the time when they should know about what actual changes are going to happen like mm-hmm. menstruation like body hair growth and all of the uh, these things should be discussed when children are of 9 and above yeah right because uh, it is like i would say in my time if i go two decades back i really didn't have a clue about menstruation and the things that will happen to me and 
literally my mom never talked about that and one sudden day it was just a nightmare it was all coming there and you know everything was painted red and i was really scared what is happening so i think parents should talk to their children they might have some hints about it because now the scenario yeah. is totally different children also know and parents are also comfortable but to tell the exact thing and the correct thing that should come from the parenting end and i think that is very important i know right like this is very important that you know children should at least know these things way before it happens uh while i was in my school and uh you know i heard one of my friend coming to school when she got down for the first time and she's like mm. kushali do you know i'm going to die today and i'm like what? yeah <laughs> kushali it's i'm bleeding from different parts of my body which i've never seen before and now i feel i'm just going to die so like children have very scary stories which may you know now at this age might i will find it funny but at that age it was traumatizing for the people who yeah, i personally experienced it everything is very fussy because if it yeah. comes from a parent end it is authentic and hamare time pe there was no internet which is flooded with information and everything so it is just like some schoolmates will tell you this some auntie will tell you this or you you'll hear it from the ad or something and then you cook up your own story and what not so it was just a very big stigma there still yeah, there obviously think. things have gone better for you know kids growing up today as compared to what it was for us uh but yeah like when i was growing up my mom at least told me about menstruation but i was in sure like you know i've seen a lot of ads of different different sanitary pads company so i thought i'm going to bleed blue but then when yeah. i saw it for the first time i'm like what this is red <laughs> so yeah i think just normalizing things and just making these taboos go away these are the things which are very important at this particular time Uh, luckily the media has also changed the color now from blue to red huh yeah. <laughs> so no confusion first time on tv i'm like wow finally we know that what color it is color it is right right you have talked about the physical changes but what are the emotional changes children go through in this period and what is the best way to handle it all right so like if i talk about emotional changes it's basically roller coaster of emotion which happen with you know all the genders uh when it comes to puberty the thing is the hormonal levels changes in the body and that actually results in a lot of emotional change it actually depends from person to person somebody mm. feels a lot you know loved with their body somebody feels a lot of love in the air as well because that time dopamine and endorphins these things also rises a lot and they yeah, feel adrenaline rush to any of the gender irrespective of what their sexuality is so they feel attraction towards the gender another person basically and as well as a lot of children go through changes like you know feeling under confident about themselves because there are changes happening in the body they are not sure of what is happening and that gives them a lot of underconfidence so i think the best way to deal with it is when children know about their their body when children know about what actually is going to happen and they have somebody whom they can count on while they want to talk about things like you know might be like a parent might have told a child that see you might feel attracted to someone at this point of time 
and when that yeah. happens trying to actually come to their parent and uh, talk to them about this that hey i actually feel attracted for that person and parents talking to them about it okay how does it feel what did you do can you do this a little bit of not counseling but somebody who they can count on is some the best way to deal with emotional changes because that's not something which you know you can just tell them that hey you are going to have hair on your body and that is fine no it does not happen like that when it comes to emotional changes it's just you feel it is about to- having small talks giving the warmth and the coziness you know so they can also trust you and rely also they can discuss things exactly. with you. building a safe space for children that's very important yeah. uh, when it comes to emotional changes yeah right we have talked about the physical and emotional change and if i talk about a mix of both physical and emotional that is mm-hmm. sexual thoughts during this adolescence we all have gone through this age we have more sexual thoughts more urges due to hormonal rush so how yeah. to tackle that and is there any particular age for a girl or a boy he or she should involve in sexual activities all right so uh i completely agree with you you know all the hormonal rush happening inside our body giving us a lot of curiosity and exploring our body knowing about our own sexuality knowing about sex as a thing that what actually it is and the most important thing here is the parents the school should give that sex education the major issue right now what is coming is because internet is flooded with information internet mm. provides you whatever you ask for children actually are getting this information from porn site videos which does not give right information about sexual health about sex and gives the right information about sex awareness so the one important thing to do at this point of time is the sex education to the children should come from parents and as well as the teachers and the educators who are responsible for giving the sex ed while the child is into the puberty and have started knowing about their own body what are the changes happening to their body and all about the basics of these then slowly and gradually the talk should go towards sex awareness sexual health what are the things happen and what is right and what is wrong all of yeah. these things should up to the children by the teachers and as well as by their parents if you ask me about what is the right age to become sexually active for girls and boys this is not something which somebody should decide for them but again there's legal things which everybody has to keep in mind so our law says it is 18 years when a child actually becomes an adult that time mm-hmm. uh become sexually active and nobody can uh, question their sexual life at that point of time so yeah according to law and according to the changes which happens in the body which are well known to all the people by the age of 18 that is the right age to become sexually active but sadly that is not the case in india major problem with uh, the places when even somebody wants to you know a, a gynec or any of the doctor wants to know that are you sexually active they don't ask you are you sexually active they ask you are you married and i'm like, yeah and uh, you know these doctors and other physicians also they're so judgmental i know i know and like you know this is one of the major thing i 
always in any kind of interview I'm sitting at, in any kind of space I'm sitting at, I'm like, I respect all the doctors of this country and I'm actually apologizing whenever you are judged or whenever people have asked you different kind of questions just because they weren't sure about what you're doing with your life. They have no rights to know what you're doing with your life. That's your life and you are the one who is responsible for it. So yeah, the questions need to change when it comes to doctors and even when it comes to the society. Having done this conversation, I remember an incident when I was in a college and a doctor randomly asked me, uh, are you sexually active? And at that period of time, I was so intimidated. Uh, I was like, he, how he thinks I'm sexually active? Is it because of my dress? Is it like my face? It's my expression. Now I think he was totally fine and he was good. But at that point of time, it was because of the lack of information and confidence about talking about sex and awareness at that time. So I think it is a two-way thing because we're not comfortable talking about that because it is not there in our homes. That is actually true. Like, you know, obviously the uh, doctors need to change the way they ask their question and as well as we need to understand that there are times that, you know, doctor needs to know this and we have to tell that. So when it comes to puberty, there are a lot of myths also floating around. And one of the myths, especially with the girls, it's about virginity. You know, the most talked about virginity. And many of the girls think that if they insert a tampon or especially a menstrual cup, they will lose their virginity. And even the parents think the same thing. So what is your take on this? All right. So if you ask me about virginity, I, as a person, just believe it's a social construct which we have made. And that's the only deal with virginity. Virginity is something which we have related to hymen. Like yeah. if somebody breaks the hymen, that's how we say that they have lost the virginity. But that's not yeah. true, actually. Hymen, okay, so I'll give you an example what actually hymen looks like. The thing which we use to uh, filter our tea, tea mm-hmm. right? Chhanni. Yeah, chhanni. That's what basically the hymen looks like. Hymen it has is elastic. Small... Exactly, it's elastic. You know, you uh, stretch it as much you want and then it comes back to normal, number one. Number two, it has small holes in it. The mm-hmm. holes, because when you menstruate, the blood needs to come out. Right. If you do not have those holes in that hymen, then the blood won't come out ever. And that's actually a condition which a lot of people face, which is called imperforated hymens. Right. Which, now yeah. the thing is, a lot of people think that once you insert something in your body, you break the hymen. That's not how it works. Virginity is a social construct. When you ask that if somebody has lost virginity, what does it actually mean? Now, if virginity is directly connected to sex, somebody had a penetrated sex and that's what is called as losing virginity. Other than that, inserting tampon, menstrual cup, finger in your vagina, does not take your virginity away. Number one. Okay. It's not always possible that a tampon or a menstrual cup will break the hymen. Yeah, sometimes it happens, sometimes it does not. So interrelating both of these things is not at all something which is important and which is relevant. 
other than that people who are very much involved in sports like you know vagina and vulva mm. owners who are in sports maybe they, they do cycling maybe they do swimming they break their hymen while they are playing their games and more of the stretching exercises they do exactly like you know i was i think in grade 5 or 6 when i was a basketball player and one day i saw blood on my panties i came back home i asked my mom my mom thought that i started having my periods but that actually uh, was my hymen break so mm-hmm. yeah this has to be pe- people who do a lot of stretching yoga exercise playing games mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the virginity if i broke my hymen because of some sports that does not mean i'm not virgin now so yeah virginity yeah. is connected to sex it's a se- uh, social construct which the world has made and menstrual cup tampons and even your fingers won't take your virginity away and here in our country virginity is just a corrector certificate right exactly like you know we still hear people using white bed sheets on their yeah on their- <laughs> and yeah that that shocks me like anything till date that they still want white bed sheets just to check if the girl is girl is what yeah <laughs> okay so having talked about menstruation what is menstrual hygiene and how you should attain it and when it comes to choosing between a sanitary pad a tampon or a cup which one is the most safe and easy to use and eco friendly okay all right so if i start with the menstruation and what is menstrual hygiene menstruation is a very you know natural process which happens to all the vulva and not all actually to vulva and vagina owners and what actually the thing with menstruation is that uh, every month your uterus prepares itself to attach a fetus or, or an embryo to it now when you do not give the fetus or embryo to uh, the uterus the line sheds away that's how menstruation yeah. happens every month mm-hmm. now if i talk about menstrual hygiene so menstrual hygiene is something very uh, basic which uh, has to be taught with menstruation like you know in how much time do you need to change your menstrual product how do you clean yourself what are the things you will keep in your mind like you know if you have a stained panty do you need to change it how do you wash it and all of these basic things while you are washing yourself down there you don't wash from front to back so mm. like this basically actually carries different type of infections so you wash mm. your front and then you wash your back you don't yeah. wash front to back you don't wash back to front that's how uh, infection transfer from one place to other yeah because and your anus is a different thing and your vulval and vaginal health is different and they try yeah, with different bacteria over openings, there openings uh, and all the three openings have their own uh, level of balancing their ph all uh, of the things can have different kind of infections and you don't want to transfer one infection to other so you you know wash one thing per, first and the uh, other thing next that's how it works mm-hmm. and uh, yeah how do you you know clean yourself how do you dispose your menstrual product these all are the things which needs to cover in menstrual hygiene and these are the some things which uh, i as an educator cover in all of my workshops how often one should change a pad in a day yeah so if you talk to me about sanitary pads then it's always great to change it in 6 hours you don't mm-hmm. want to 
keep more than six hours uh, for a sanitary pad because at one point of time this is a so basically the lining which gets ready for uh, in the uterus it's very healthy and there's a child you know if uh, if sexual intercourse happens and if an uh, fetus is attached in that uh, lining then a child grows in it so you know it's very nutritious it's very healthy where a child can actually grow now the thing is when this blood comes out uh, that healthy lining is actually can be a home to a lot of bacteria can be a home to a lot of uh, infections as well because it's a very healthy uh, lining and uh, bacteria can grow it's a food for bacteria yeast and fungal infection right exactly that living organism will have a very rapid growth on it and that's why it's very good to change it in 6 hours like a lot of people keep it after that as well but if you ask me as a person so i would suggest you know change it in 6 hours so you don't cause any kind of infection to yourself and uh, right. what about these uh, tampons and menstrual cup is it safe to use yeah so like you know tampons and uh, menstrual cups are completely completely safe to use a uh, menstrual cup can be kept inside your body for 12 hours so this okay. is one of that products in menstrual products which you know can be kept for really long the reason mm-hmm. being it does not absorb the blood it collects mm-hmm. the blood Blood so that is one of the reason it can be used for 12 hours and still it's always suggested not to use more than 12 hours 12 hours is the maximum limit for the menstrual product uh, menstrual cup so if i tell you about tampons tampons can be also kept for 4 to 6 hours and tampons need to be used very smartly like you know you have to be very sure of changing it on time because it causes issues like toxic shock syndrome which mm-hmm. is very dangerous and mm. uh, if you don't use tampons properly there are chances that somebody can get ts and uh, ts mm. are, are actually fatal so with mm. tampons a lot of people you know i have heard a lot of people they literally forgot that there's a tam- tampon inside their body which is mm. not good you should always change tampons in 4 to 6 hours yeah like you know it ins- you insert it you don't feel it at all and a lot of people while they are bleeding very less they forget about it so like how to choose how one should decide between a pad a tampon and a menstrual cup and one more thing i forgot to ask like, uh, menstrual cup is reusable but uh, in how many months we should change it all right so if i tell you about menstrual cup yes it's reusable and it can be easily used uh, up to 5 years like 3 to 5 years 5 years yes. oh that's great and uh, yeah it's a very you know affordable product when it comes to menstrual products and um, there's a way you need to clean it so every time you use the menstrual cup you take out your cup you dump all the blood you uh, clean it with uh, normal water use any kind of unscented soap and clean with it and then you're ready to insert it again once your cycle is completed you take the cup out you dump your blood you clean it uh, with normal water and then you actually boil it in a vessel so you know you keep a vessel on your stove induction whatever you have fill it with water so that your cup does not touch the base of that vessel and get burned and you boil it in that particular vessel for 2 to 3 minutes 
and then you keep it till your next cycle so that it becomes sterile you know the same thing as we do with the babies the feeder bottle when you boil the nipples exactly. and then use it okay so right. that's quite uh, doable yeah but i heard a lot of people you know are not doing it because they don't want to take their menstrual cup to their kitchens so yeah for those people i would say please don't use menstrual cup either you get your get one induction and one vessel you can keep it in your room and do it there but if you are not boiling it don't use menstrual cup it can be a place to a lot of bacteria and fungal infections uh, after one cycle okay that was quite informative and now coming back to another myth debunking now it is time for the boys and what about the night falls you know many people like boys saying that it is some sort of illness and they may cause severe problems especially they lower down the sperm count so is it true about the night falls mm-hmm. in boys here one of my complaint is with our sex education that we have openly talked about menstruation in our books i know biology teachers might have not covered it properly in their syllabus yeah. but at least but at least when i was in school you know the people used to come and they will show the sanitary pads and this will tell yeah. you if you have some problem i was studying in a christian college go to your sister go to the nun and tell her that you have a pad if you want to change mm-hmm. it do this we provide the service but the boys they're always left out we don't want to talk about penis we don't want to talk about night falls we don't want to talk about their sperm count they're they're always left behind so i don't want to leave them here on my show so let's talk about night falls definitely definitely so yeah like you know i was saying that our books don't cover it and that's a very big problem so night falls are totally completely normal thing and it's not something boys can, uh, should be ashamed about i have heard a lot of boys you know actually waking up in the morning seeing all of this and running to washrooms with their bed sheet and just you know washing it because they're ashamed oh uh, they see men yeah yeah they're ashamed they don't know actually what actually happened to them and they just feel a lot ashamed about it they don't want to talk about it at all but i will give you a very basic example of that so like i'll give you a very basic example let's take an example there's a glass and there's a small mm-hmm. pipe which gives drop by drop water, uh, water in that particular glass mm-hmm. now once the glass is up to the brim and the water is still coming the water will fall out yeah. something very similar happens to night falls when the semen gets started to accumulate inside uh, their body and it is not coming out at night the it falls out automatically and which is something it is not in control of the person it is happening to and that's how nightfall happens and it's completely completely fine i know that boys are particularly even ashamed to talk to your fathers because they always link it that you are might be you're sexually involved you're more sexually active that's why the sperms always keeps on coming and it what they'll think about me and i should not talk I about i remember it. my bio teacher when you know covering this part uh, there was no word like nightfall in the in the books but when they uh, she was covering it she said you know when bad boys things about th- uh, different things these kind of dreams happen and uh, bad things happen to them that was the line she used and hmm. for years i did not know about nightfall at all 
Yeah, and they all just connect with uh, horny thoughts, with pawns and everything. But it is actually not the case. Yeah, exactly. It is like, you know, totally it's fine and healthy to have nightfalls and it is totally natural. There's nothing wrong in it. Yeah, yeah, it's completely natural. It's, it is as natural as menstruation. The, uh, the menstruation tells, me, uh, tells us as vagina and vulva owners that your body is ready for reproduction or becoming a person who can biologically reproduce. Similarly with boys, similarly with penis owners, that it tells them that your body is getting ready for biological reproduction. It's not always that because penis owner was thinking about sex at night, that's why yeah. they had the nightfall. It's never the case like this. Uh, it can be like maybe they're abstained from sex from a very long time, then also they can have it. So it can be yeah. the other way around. So the boys Definitely. just don't worry. It is totally cool and okay. Right. Okay, so coming to the final question. How to teach children and parents about inclusivity? Especially when the child are growing up and in the age of puberty. Okay, wow. This is, you know, very much of a learning process which happens. Because, you know, inclusivity does not remain to boys knowing about girls and girls knowing about boys. Inclusivity yeah. is something where, you know, you need to be okay with somebody's sexual preference, somebody not associating with their own gender. So mm -hmm. inclusivity is something where, you know, a lot of things has to be taught to children and as well as parents, not only children right now. I think uh, while we are growing up and we are learning about a lot of things, uh, there are a few things we are accepting. There are a few things which we are unlearning. And that's how it works with, you know, all the new concepts. The best thing to teach their children and as well as the best thing the parents should know is that it's not every time somebody gets attracted to opposite gender. It can be a boy attracted to a boy. It can be a boy who loves wearing sari. It can yeah, be gender non-confirming. It can be gender non-confirming, right? It can be gender non-confirming. It can be a phase of exploration where a person should actually explore and know things that, okay, this is something I like. This is something I don't like. And that is very important. Like I have seen a lot of people coming out as gay, as asexuals, as lesbian, um, while they are 27 and 28. But I think this is something which is going on in their mind in their body while they were hitting the puberty yeah and right because they did not know about that this can happen and this is normal it took them so many years to accept it for themselves only they go to a lot of therapies they do a lot of therapy session with the uh, experts to know about that is it fine but I think if this conversation, is, if this dialogue starts at home, if it becomes a dining table conversation, then it gets easier for our children to accept themselves as they are at a very early age. So yeah, this is the first step towards inclusivity where they should accept different things happening to different people because as an individual, everybody operates differently. Everybody feels differently. Everybody has the right to be what they are. And I think not only children and parents, we as a society have to build this, like the doctors, the community workers, 
the people who are spreading the awareness the teachers in school we have to build that environment which is necessary that is true so i think uh, it was wonderful and i just want to add a bottom line mm-hmm. as we say that charity begins at home so growing up also begins at home so please dear parents talk talk to your children have those small and comfortable talks make them comfortable with you and give them information which is coming from an authentic source which is you as a parent and it is your responsibility khushali it was lovely having you on the show and i'm sure you must have given quite good info breaking all the clichés also and i think our listeners might find it helpful amazing amazing i'm also looking forward to you know bringing a small change by this particular talk because i believe if we with our conversation if we are able to change one person if we are able to make a difference in one person's perspective i think we have done our job well there and that's what i expect from this talk as well yeah okay and all the best for your startup and keep on doing good work spreading the awareness and have a good day thank you so much raina thank you so much for having me here thank you so much okay bye bye dear listeners i think we might have cleared your confusion about questions you go bonkers on puberty adolescence is like a new birth which comes with a fusion of both sexual and social maturity so just talk to your children tell them things they need to do and make them learn about their bodies but don't forget to subscribe help wees till then happy growing up